Before I ask Je- uh, uh, Jim and Josh to come and join me here for a few moments, I want to share a couple of things with you. Beverly, bring me my phone so I can stay on track with time here. Uh, I want you to turn in your Bible to Psalms 102, verse 13. Uh, Psalms 102, verse 13. Let me say this while you're turning there. We originally, uh, when we planned Vision Sunday, we planned a Sunday morning and a Sunday night. But we, as this past week, got together, Jim and uh, Josh and myself, we felt like we came up with a format to be able to accomplish what we wanted to accomplish in one service. So there will be no night service tonight as as originally planned or promoted. So everybody go, whoo, thank you, Jesus. All right, there you go. Psalms, uh, Psalm 102, verse 13 is, is what I'm calling at this point our verse of the year. And I want you to put your name in there and put our church's name in there. I want you to catch this. It says this, Psalms 102, verse 13, For you will arise and have mercy on Zion. For the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. Let me read it again. For the, for you will arise and have mercy on Zion. For the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. Now put your name in there and think about that. Put our church's name in there and think about because we are the Israel of God. We are Mount Zion. And so, for you will arise and have mercy on Pastor Sam. For the time to favor him, yes, the set time has come. Try that on for size in your own life. Come on, try it on. Think about it. Read it out loud. Put your name in there. For you will arise and have mercy on. For the time to favor. Yes, the set time has come. So memorize that verse and begin to take that this year and go to yourself. You know what? Today is the, the, the day of the favor of God in my life, 2018. I'm declaring is a year of favor. Now, let me just say this. Uh, if you say, well, how do you know? Well, let me tell you something. I believe that we can position ourselves in a place of God's favor. So you take that, all right? couple of things, and then I'm going to ask Jim and Josh to come and join me. Uh, next Sunday, we begin a series called Finding Biblical Focus for Your Future. And I want you to begin by reading the book of Philippians. Philippians, we're going to learn some key insights for the next six or seven weeks about finding biblical focus for your future. As we begin the new year, we need to be focused on about God's purpose and plan for our life. And I'm going to give you some real focal points from Philippians. Uh, here's one that I'm not sure. It's the focal point of forgetfulness. How many of you know some things you just need to forget about? Come on, everybody say forget about it. So that's where we're headed. And so I want to encourage you. If you've got some people and friends and family in your life that need focus in their life, they need to get a biblical insight about God's purpose and plan for their... Listen, it's good to dream big about your life, but listen, it's much better to find a biblical uh, foundation on which we build our lives. Everybody said amen. That's next Sunday. And guys, all the guys, all the men stand up. I'm inviting you some. Where are all the men? You saw it up there. Man church, midweek man church. Now guys, at least for the first four Mondays, pardon me, the four, the first four months of the, of the month, we're going to have a monthly midweek man church. Okay. And the first one is January 17th at Catfish Cabin in Lumberton. It's easy to find. You know where it is. We invite all the men to man church, uh, on that Wednesday. All the men say man church. Say January 17th. 7 p.m. You may be seated. And so bring a friend to man church. Okay. Bring one of your, your Bible, uh, believing friends, but bring one of your unbelieving friends. And guys, let's build. In fact, uh, strong churches are built up of strong what? Men. I really believe that. I love the women. And then one more thing. Uh, Sunday, January 21st, you saw it up there. Uh, it, we're beginning a Sunday morning, uh, series, the blessed life series. Uh, at 9.15 a.m. I want to encourage everybody to be there. There's the slide. And and I love the subtitle. Uh, I, Unlocking the Rewards of Generous Living. Unlocking the Rewards of Generous Living. If you remember last week uh, when we talked about uh, the case for Christmas 24-7, we, we determined that we need to be generous 24-7. We need to be givers. This is going to help us do that. I'm telling you, this book, this series will transform your life. I'm telling you. 
and especially when it comes to how we handle our money. And so uh, that's a great thing. And then I'll throw this out and you'll hear more about it. Uh, in about on March 4th, the first Sunday of March, we're starting the, uh, the uh, financial piece. Dave Ramsey, how many remember Dave Ramsey? There he is. He messed my whole world up when Laura was getting married because uh, I had to find some money. And I said, okay, I got a credit card or I can sell my motorcycle. And I'd been listening to way too much Dave Ramsey. So uh, I sold my motorcycle. Phil, pray for me. And then later I said, that dang, dang uh, that daggum Dave Ramsey, I should have used a credit card. That's just me. Uh, but great truths coming in the first of this year to help us get our financial world in order. And, and everybody said, Amen. I'm going to ask Jim and Josh to come join me. This is a first ever. This is a first ever. Josh, what do we want to call it? We want to call it the, uh, uh, the, the panel, the discussion panel. Uh, I'm going to begin by reading a letter that I emailed to you. Uh, and I want you to just listen. If you didn't get, if you, in fact, let me just say, Beverly, this next week is going to be re-entering all our members into the database. Okay, and if if you've not been, if you believe yourself to be a member of the church, uh, and uh, either you're not getting your emails, or you, uh, we didn't mail this, but uh, we want your all the, your information. Be sure to get it to Beverly. Uh, but this is what I I, I emailed this to you, uh, and it kind of sets us up for this morning. Uh, challenge, everybody say challenge. It means a task or situation that tests someone's abilities, and that's where we are today. And here's the letter or portions of it. I, our region has been greatly challenged by the devastating effects of Hurricane Harvey. Entire communities, churches, businesses, school districts, and thousands of families are still under an extreme challenge of rebounding from the impact of what has been termed a thousand-year flood. Whether or not you have personally been impacted by the actual flood water, we have all been affected. We all have been challenged on some level. Church on the Rock North has been challenged for quite some time now. We've been challenged quite honestly with decline. Listen carefully. This is honesty. We've been challenged quite honestly with declining influence and impact in our community and world. This has been a source of great concern for us. And unfortunately, this point, we've not been able to turn the corner with this downturning trend, uh, with this downturning trend. As your pastor, I readily admit to lacking wisdom and insight into the apparent complexity of church growth and health. I've learned over the years that there's no one secret ingredient or magic bullet that we can employ that will turn the tide of decline. There are numerous strategies and methodologies available to us that I'm sure will help in the process of rising to the challenges before us. However, and this is what I am convinced, there's a lot of things I don't know. How many of you come to that place, there's a lot of things I don't know. I used to think I knew a lot. Now, now I once was young, now I'm old, I realize, you know, there's some things I know, but there's a lot of things I don't know. Here's one thing I do know. We will never be able to rise to the challenge uh, challenge through the sacrificial influence of only a few. We'll never get over a hump. We'll never rise to the challenge of, of where we are today as a church family with the sacrificial influence of only a few. The challenge we face today of, reba of rebounding is a, to a place of viable health and growth will require an all-hands-on-deck approach. And that's why we designated, designated today as Vision Sunday. Uh, and we have three thoughts we're going to discuss this morning with you. The first one is the clarity of condition. We want you to know where we are. Okay, Jim's going to talk a little bit about that. We'll, we'll banter back and forth. This will answer the question, uh, where are we? What's going on in our world? Where are we as a church family? And then we'll talk about the clarity of our calling. Uh, what has God called us to do? It'll, it'll answer that question. What, what does God want from us? And then number three, Josh is going to help us talk about the clarity of commitment. What's it going to take? It'll answer the question, what do we do and who's with us? So as we begin this year, we're going to answer some questions. You've got to get some clarity. And Jim, quite honestly, if you want to go there, you've got to first realize where you are. We've got to get some clarity. How many of you realize that truth? If you want to go somewhere, it starts where you are. An understanding of where you are and then who you are and what it's going to take to get there. So, Jim, just be honest with us today. Give us a little insight about where we are as a church family uh, and kind of put your finger on the pulse for us and let us know what's going on. Well, number one, let's just start with, with the congregation itself. Uh, when Chris and I came here probably 20 years ago, we probably had this same amount of people 20 years ago. 
Now, I, I realize that when things happen, we were in the, the old uh, sanctuary, had two services, and filled up the building with two services. Rita comes along. Is that your hand? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, what, what we run into is circumstances beyond our control. But they're not beyond God's control. Let's just right. say that. Right. And we look at our financial condition, and honestly speaking, uh, for the past two years, we've been uh, we've been challenged. Uh, we've used that word a lot today, but but that's where we are. Um, there was at least one point in 2016 that the church had to get uh, a loan to just pay our normal bills, and is um, I'm not really aware if that loan has been totally repaid or not, and I don't think that it has. So, so there we are, and you can see some of the financial challenges that we've had. We've been unable to support uh, our missionaries like we did. When, when Patricia and I first came to this church, one of the things that just grabbed our attention was the fact that for a church this size, we were doing so much in missionary work. In the past year, we've been a, unable to maintain that support and, and do what we wanted to do. Um, we've been able to, to pay some of our church employees and, and salaries that went unpaid. And, and there are, you know, if you're, if you want to see what the, the, the finances are, the books are open. You can look, uh, understand it's not a secret and we don't want to keep this a secret. We want you to know where we are. This is the reason we're being open today. We have to know where we stand today in order to go where we want to go tomorrow. And, right. and so, we look at that. We, we know that that uh, we we've also we've lost our praise and worship leaders. Uh, just last week was their last week. Now you think about this. Finances were involved in that, you know. So as as a praise and worship team, we're being asked to step up and do what we're not comfortable with. This is part of the new vision. This is part of all hands on deck. We Amen. all need to, to step into Amen. a place. Now, let me say this. We understand that the, the core group of you are generous. You're givers. Yep. We love you. We appreciate you. We're not out to, to take more out of your pocketbook. And I'm going to go back to a, to a quote by John Maxwell that I, I thought would, it was important to us as we stand today. We do not have a money problem. We have a people problem. Because I promise you, that if we see the vision that we're talking about this morning, if we move forward in that vision, we can reach out to friends and neighbors. The money problem will take care of itself. That's exactly right. Amen. It's really true. And let me just throw this out to you. That we we actually, this is the exciting part of, we don't know, is that me? We don't know if that's me or not. We need sound guys. Amen. That's part of the vision. That's part of the vision. Amen. Uh, we actually ended this year in the black. Now, how many of you think black is better than red? All right. And just honestly, let me just tell you how we've operated for the last two or three years. We've had designated funds that we've had to lean on, uh, and that means we were in the red. And so we have survived, but we have not thrived. Okay, we're believing the future is a thriving. So that's where we are. In fact, Josh and I were talking uh, recently, you know, if, if we didn't have the financial outlay that we do, uh, and it's not huge when you think of, when you, do, when you start figuring out what it costs to have church, in fact, I say uh, your, your mom and Wendell there, they're a part of a church that just, you know it costs a lot of money to get buildings ready to go, and so it takes a lot of money to have church. And so the financial outlay we have is not abnormally large, uh, but it is large for where we are right now. So uh, we've discussed it, and here's the reality. It's, it would take a miracle for someone to come and purchase this building, but it would also take a miracle for us to grow to a place where we can pay for it ourselves. I like that option better. It's all, it's all, we, we all need a miracle. So there you go. Thanks, uh, thanks, Jim. How many of you appreciate Jim and Trish? God bless them. Amen. We talked about the fact, you know, if we if we didn't have that outlet, we would consider ourselves healthy. And in a lot of ways, we are healthy, uh, but uh, we're at a place where we can't stay where we are. Uh, and so that's where we are. We've got to press forward with fresh vision. 
Now, I want to talk just quickly. You know this pretty well, so I won't take much time. I want to give most of the time to Josh here today. Uh, clarity of calling. This answers the questions of who are we and why are we here? Uh, who are we and why are we here? Well, uh, we're the church of God. Somebody say we're the church. We are the church. And, and let me tell you something. We don't gather together to eat chicken and fellowship. You, you got to understand something. That's not our purpose. Now, we gather together and we eat chicken and we fellowship. I love that. That's just a little part of who we are. That's not who we are. It's just a little teeny part of who we are. We have a calling. We've got the call of God on our life. And if you're a part of the church family, uh, and all the church family say amen, you've got a calling on your life. Paul told Timothy this in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. He said, God has saved us. Everybody that's been saved, say amen. He saved us. And then the second word's out of his mouth, and called us. You see, if he saved you, he's also calling you. All the called of God say amen. amen. So he saved us and he called us. We have a calling and he said it's a holy calling. So who we are today and what we do is the call of God on our life. And we've said it over and over. And I'll just say it. We're called to what? Gather. gather. We're gathered here today. But it's more than plugging into a seat. And, and, and I want to elaborate here, but time eludes us a little bit. But hey, we need you here. When we, when we say man church, it's important that the men come to man church if at all possible. If we have services at unique time on Sunday morning, your presence is so important because it's much more than just you filling a seat. It's your involvement in the family of faith. Amen. And then number two, we're, we're not only called to gather, but we're called to what? To grow. grow. Growing people grow people. Everybody say that. Growing people grow people. And so if we were honest today, we'd have to say in some ways we're not growing spiritually because growing people grow people. And it's kind of like you were talking about money. If we'll begin to grow spiritually more, and our focus this year with our children and our adults and, and young people is to, is to grow spiritually. And that spiritual growth, the outcropping of that will be a growing, healthy church family. Are you with me? Say amen. And so we're called to grow. We're called, everybody say we're called to gather. We're called to grow. And then the third one, we're called to give. Say called to give. Not just our money, but what, Josh? We give of what? Our time and our talents of who we are. Because that's the call of God on our life. And then we're called to go. If I could say of all those four, this is where we, uh, like one preacher said, got a bad case of the fallen shorts. Uh, this is where we fall short uh, in, in our reaching out to a world that so desperately needs Christ. Everyone say, we're called to gather, we're called to grow, we're called to give, and we're called to go. That's the call of God on our life. And so, so here we are. Jim's talked to us about, hey, condition. We're at a place where we must grow numerically, financially. We can't just sit in the comfort zone of where we are. You got to know where we are. Uh, and, and that it is, it has been miraculous that we've even, that we're here today. I have to tell you that. It's just been miraculous. This year, in fact, uh, where's, uh, there's Felicia. Felicia, she's our new bookkeeper over there. Uh, and we, I don't know if that's me. Is that me? Wow. Help us, Jesus. There it is. It's me. Uh, where's that other handheld mic? Laura, you get that. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take this off. I'm going to turn it off. So I am the guilty party. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Here we go. Here we go. Thank you. Here you go, Laura Beth. You can turn that off. Uh, we know who we are. We've got the call of God on our life. And Josh is going to take the next few moments, which is going to be hard for Josh. <laughs> uh, to talk to us about the clarity of commitment and answer the question, so what do we do? You know, if you find out where you get, once you know where you are, once you know who you are, then you say, well, then what do we do and who's with us? So, Josh, go for it. So, uh, like Pastor Sam said, this is going to, I'm going to try to be as brief as I can. Um, it was very difficult for me not to elaborate more on, on all these points, but uh, I'll leave it up to you to 
uh, jot down the scriptures. We're not going to turn there. I'm just going to read it to you. So if you want to jot them down, uh, that would be awesome. And uh, But as we were kind of praying together and meeting together and speaking about uh, the vision and the future, some scriptures began to come up, some uh, biblical resolutions that we believe that each and every person in this church uh, needs to commit to in order for us to move forward and be uh, impactful for the kingdom of God. And, uh, and from that, uh, five commitment points came out that, that we're asking each and every one of you uh, to engage in and embrace and be a part of moving forward into the future. So I'm going to run through these really quick. Uh, our goal is, I've, I've kind of got a, a uh, reformatted type of this that we can send out to everybody, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks so that you have this in your hand. But uh, let's get started. Uh, biblical resolution number one. We as a church have to come to the understanding that we are not just an assembly or a weekly meeting, but a family. Uh, John 1.12 says, But to all who believed Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become the children of God. Now the Bible says that when we believe in Jesus, that we are adopted into God's family. And not only are we sons and daughters of God, but we are also brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. And that's a biblical reality. Now, our, our family on earth, we're bound to by blood, right? We're bound to our blood family for, for all of this life. But our spiritual family, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and this is the reality that we have to grasp, we are bound to each other, not only in this life, but for all of eternity. Right. So when we get a reality perspective, our spiritual family is actually a stronger and a deeper tie than our blood family. Uh, and, and, and these are things that we, that we need to just begin to grasp in our mind and in our hearts. Uh, so just as we prioritize and are committed to our blood family, we as a church, and, and like Jim said, I'm going to say a lot of things, and many of you are already excelling in these things. But we as a whole, we as a church, need to begin to prioritize and commit to our spiritual family, our church, just like we do to our blood family who, who we're related to. So that's number one. Number two, as a family, we are commanded to love each other deeply. Uh, John 13, 34-35, this is Jesus speaking. He says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now that's no small statement by, by the Lord. He said, our love for the fellow believer is going to be a proof. It is going to be salt and it is going to be light shining forth into the world to prove that we are genuine followers of Christ. And uh, so that's a, that's a huge thing. And, uh, you know, he commands us. Originally in my notes, I, I had, as the resolution, we are called to love one another. But I, I had to scratch that out. We are commanded by the Lord to love one another. Uh, so what does this mean practically in our church? Well, think about uh, your deepest relationships. Think about your best friends and your spouses. Uh, the way that we love one another is we engage with one another. We interact with one another. We, we mingle each other's lives through, uh, you know, discussion and talk and love and care and help when help is needed. We do more than attend a service, but we interact and care for one another. Now the question, where does this happen? Where does the, where does the bonds and the friendships and the love, uh, where are those formed? Well, they're formed, uh, you know, right here in the aisles and they're formed out in the hallways and in the foyer before and after church. Uh, they're formed in Sunday circles and in life groups and, uh, they're formed in man church and in women's Bible studies and, and, and they're formed in us, uh, going out to eat together after church and, and all these opportunities. We, we as a leadership team have, uh, specifically organize these things uh, so that we can come together as a family and engage one another and love one another. And it's important for the health of our church. 
Number three, uh, we must realize and believe that we are a body and that our spiritual and eternal well-being is tied up in each other. Uh, let me read you two scriptures here. Romans 12, 4 through 5. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. 1 Corinthians 12, 26-27 And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Now, I want to reiterate three quick things from these verses about what we are, a body. Uh, the first is this. We all belong to each other. Now, that's kind of counter-cultural because what our culture tells us is it's all about me. But what the Bible says is that as a member of a church, it's not all about you. It's all about everyone in the church. We belong to each other. You see, I need you in order to be the best that I can be for God. And you need me in order to be the best that you can be for God. And that is a statement, and I'm speaking right now, especially to the person sitting there who thinks that you have no significance in this church. That is a statement about every single person in this church. Every single believer that God has placed in this church as a member, you are necessary. You are needed. You are important for every other person in this church to be the best that they can be for God and for the kingdom. Uh, second is this. When one of us suffer, the whole body suffers. Now, uh, you know, I believe that that applies to whenever someone in our church is going through a burden or a, a difficult time. You know, when the hurricane came, the first people that we took care of was our members. And so we are to bear each other's burdens, but it also points to the fact that whenever someone in the church is not uh, doing what God has called them to do in the church, when they're not serving, when they're not putting... When, when all, all that someone in the, in, the, in the body is doing is taking and they're not giving and doing their function, the body suffers. And, you know, a simple example. When I woke up this morning, if my foot was not functioning correctly, I would not walk well. I would not function well in taking care of my kids. I wouldn't function well in going and doing my job. I wouldn't function well coming here and doing what I'm doing this morning if one part of my body wasn't functioning correctly. Third, uh, when, when a member of the church is thriving spiritually, it aids and promotes in the thriving of us all. My foot did work right this morning. Therefore, I did function well. I was able to walk into the kitchen and make my kids breakfast. I was able to walk in my office and spend time with the Lord. I was able to walk up here and speak to you right now. And so you get the picture, right? And so here's the conclusion. Therefore, it is best for all of our eternal good if we do all we can to build each other up in love. Okay, number four. Our glad service to one another is our greatest means to bring glory to God. 1 Peter 4.10 and the end of 11. Uh, God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Then, everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.23 Work willingly. Everybody say willingly. Willingly. At whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Psalm 102, serve the Lord with gladness. Everybody say gladness. Gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Now it's our love for one another, like we said a while ago, that, that, that shines forth to the world that we are true believers, that we are a true and authentic church. And it shines through through children's ministry, through youth ministry, 
through singing songs, through ushering, through greeting, through working the info booth, through all the various areas that we serve in our church, that light shines through and, and witnesses to God. Uh, but I want to highlight something that Colossians 3 and Psalm 100 warn us about. And I'm going to read this statement because I, I really feel like the Lord really spoke to me here. We must serve each other not out of obligation from our own will, but from a gladness that only comes from the grace of God. Now I want you to get something. This is very important. Serving God out of obligation and not out of joy and out of gladness does not please the Lord. It doesn't please Him. The Bible says that over and over again. Um, nor is it sustainable in your life because here's what happened when, here's what happens when you serve out of obligation. It wears you out. It becomes burdensome. And, and Jesus said uh, that we should come to Him because His burden is light. It's not heavy. It's a light burden because we do it, we're, we're called to do it joyfully. Um, now, when we serve gladly and joyfully, we please God, we serve others well, and our joy is increase rather than decrease when we serve out of the joy of our heart. Uh, and, and in that serving, uh, you know, not only is our joy increased, but it becomes life-sustaining yep. instead of life-draining. The joy of the Lord is our strength. That's right. That's right. And so, and so, you know, that's something that God has to do, right? We have to pray, Lord, change my heart so that I can serve gladly and not out of obligation. So, those are the five biblical, four, four biblical. Now, read them again, Josh. Just okay. read the read those out because I want everybody to put these now in a four thoughts. It's not up there, but read those four. What do you call them? Biblical uh, resolutions. Resolutions. So, read those four resolutions for us. Then we're going to talk about five uh, vi really vision focal points that we can all take with us to turn this thing around. Amen. So number one, uh, we as a church have come to it, the understanding that we have to come to the understanding that we are not just an assembly or a weekly meeting, but a family. Everybody say family. Look around, give somebody some love. Look out and say, well, oh, glad to have you in the family. Amen. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, as a family, we are commanded to love each other deeply. Uh, number three, we must realize and believe that we are a body and that our spiritual and eternal well-being is tied up in each other. And number four, our glad service to one another is our greatest means to bring glory to God. And the key word being glad, happy, joyful Amen. service. Amen. As we gathered together a couple of nights ago and we're praying over this, in fact, we've been pondering this for three or four months. I mean, the, the three questions bringing clarity, clarity of of condition, clarity of calling, and clarity of commitment. We've been talking about this for, gosh, two or three months. Uh, and so as we met together, uh, some some real directives from the Lord came. Uh, and Jim uh, Jim started writing them down. Jim, tell us the first one I, uh, about prayer. And that's we just realized that you kind of, uh, uh, you talked about engaging at the place of prayer. You know, um, First of all, we have to understand that as people, we're not going to make this happen. God is the one that's going to make this happen. And the only way that, that God is going to, to do that is if we engage Him in prayer. And I want to make a statement that might surprise someone. God does not respond to need. If He did, there would be no hungry people in the world. Nobody would ever be sick or ill or you know, would never have loss. God does not respond to need. But most importantly... God responds to faith. So we can get our hearts right, get our faith. You know, we, the, the Bible says, let your faith arise, you know. And, and when we can do that and we engage in faith, our Father in prayer, then we can see all of these changes that we're looking for. But until we, until we find that place, just deciding in our own hearts and minds to do it, it's not going to make it work. Amen. And I, that's what we're asking you to do today is engage with us at the place of prayer. The Bible teaches uh, that where two or more gather together in his name, there he's in the midst. And whatever two or four agree together, uh, uh, you know, in faith, 
uh, hey, he goes to work in our behalf. So everyone say engage in prayer. Engage in prayer. We really need to. Now the next one is expand your vision. Uh, you know, uh, we've got to get our, everybody raise your head up. Amen. You know, if you're walking around with your head hung down, uh, you're not going to see anything. I want us to open our eyes and begin to see what God wants to do in our midst and begin to believe and praying in faith and begin to see it. You know, there's a lot of things that before you ever see them, you see them. You know what I'm talking about? You know, uh, in fact, Laura has a little, I saw a little picture of this little baby, teeny little baby in her womb. Uh, but that wasn't really an accurate picture, okay? And, and in August, correct, we're going to get to see, okay? But we're beginning to visualize. We're having a vision. What's it going to be like to have four kids? Help me, Jesus, all right? And what's it, What's this little beautiful, uh, you know, person going to be, a boy or a girl? It's just exciting. So begin to dream the dream. Begin to vision. Begin to see God doing great things in your life, in your church, in your family, Come on, could I get a better amen? And then number three, Josh, you might just hit a couple of thoughts. Extend your hands. What does that mean? Yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm a practical man, um, very very left brain, very much so. And, and practically right now, there are uh, a lot of needs in our church. And, and every need, every position pretty much is a volunteer position. Right. You know, uh, and, and you guys know, we've talked about it. We've, we've got some big holes that we're looking to fill right now, especially in our children's ministry and in our worship team, uh, with the Searles moving back home to Texarkana. And, uh, in reality, there's, there's needs everywhere. There's all, there always is. There's, there's much effort to make the ship move forward, right? right. Uh, and so I want to encourage y'all to, to find a place where you can serve in church. Amen. Now listen to me. Uh, you know, I've heard it said before. Church is not a cruise ship where you come and you just get. Church is a fishing vessel where you right. come and you give. Yep. Okay. Yes, you get, but we, we as believers and as members of this church, uh, we are to be engaged in the work. Right. So, uh, you know, and I've already talked about this before, but when you serve joyfully, I promise that you will find that your joy will increase and you will bring much glory to God. I promise you. You're, when you when you find a way, when you when you put yourself in that position to say, "God, change my heart so right. that I can serve gladly," and yes. then you physically put your your shoulder to the plow in some way, uh, your joy will increase. Your life, your not 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 your physical life, but your real life will increase as you serve the Lord with gladness, and uh, specifically. Uh, you know, I want to address uh, shortly our children's ministry because I know, especially for the parents, there's there's some question marks right now about our right. kids, and uh, in in discussions and uh, with the leadership team as a whole, uh, a couple of months ago, um, we kind of decided that that in 2018, I'm I'm going to continue to uh, oversee our youth. But I'm going to kind of take a step back and and be an overseer of our children as well. Uh, kind of a vision setter. My goal is is not to be boots on the ground all the time, but a, but a, a vision setter for that ministry. And uh, so, in January, we are going to do a uh, study focus on Jesus, both during uh, the morning, uh, uh, the blessed lifetimes, and and. During the service, we're going to be doing a focus on Jesus out of the uh, Jesus Storybook Bible. And next Sunday, we're next. Let's do that video next Sunday, okay? And really introduce that. Okay. You don't okay. want to, He's got it ready today. Yeah, let's let's do it next okay. Sunday. Okay, okay. Yeah. And and then starting in February, we're gonna we're gonna start a chronological uh, Bible study called uh, the Gospel Project. And and the Gospel Project, the whole point of it is, it shows how every story points to Jesus. Amen. And uh, so we'll have a, we'll, for time reasons, we're going to save the video for next week, but I do have out in the foyer a sign-up sheet if you would like to be a uh, helper or a teacher, either for the 4 through 6 or for the 7 through 12-year-olds. Uh, you can sign up out there. You can just come talk to me, and, and I'll get you plugged in. Uh, if I haven't talked to you in the last couple of weeks, I don't know you want to help. So uh, either sign up or, or come talk to me if you'd like to Amen. be a part of that. Amen. So we got a lot of opportunities. Uh, in fact, uh, as not, this is not a joke. We need people. We, we, we will hire a sound tech to help us 
learn our sound system because we need that. If any of you guys would like to be a part of that, you can. All kinds of places. Which leads us to number four, elevate your commitment. And that's just what we're all doing. We've got to, you know, at, at certain times we all have to step up to the to the plate. It's, everyone say all hands on deck. All hands on deck. And so we, we just want to elevate our commitment level. We don't want to. We don't want to water down our commitment level. We've got to step it up. We told our worship team, it, we, I just had to be honest, it's time to step it up. We all have to step up to the plate. We don't know what the future holds, but here we are. This is what we have to do. you got to step it up and just elevate our commitment in 2018. So we encourage everybody to do that. And this this final one, Jim, I, I'm telling you, this sets up. I believe this more than ever before. Expect a miracle. Everyone say, expect a miracle. Expect a miracle. I believe in miracles. How many of you believe in miracles? Amen. God's a God of miracles. Amen. Jennifer, expect a miracle. Amen. Uh, we just need to trust God, and, and we'll talk more about that uh, in the future. But but uh, God's a God of miraculous, isn't he, Jim? So what's the point of praying if you don't expect him to do it? Right? That's exactly right. <laughs> you know, it's mundane religiosity. Yeah. Uh, in fact, one of my favorite verses is Ephesians 3.20. That says, now to him who is able, speaking of God or Jesus, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. How many of you believe God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think? Now here's the kicker part. According to the power that is at work within us. Absolutely. In other words, God wants to partner with us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, I got the power. <laughs> the power. Come on. You didn't do it. Everybody say it. I got, I got the power. power. We got the power. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We've got to activate the power of God at the place of prayer, Absolutely. at the place of faith, and at the place of just getting up and getting going. How many of you know when people get up and get going and do something, God in, in, empowers them and equips them to the task, just like our worship team did for us this morning. And so we need to expect a miracle. I want to close with a story. I don't think, uh, where's Giddy Man? Giddy Man, where are you? Is he asleep? There you are, Giddy. Hey, you want to come up here and join Daddy? Come on up here and let, get Daddy. Yeah, and if you get tired of being with Daddy, you can you can go back. But it's good to have Giddy on the stage. How long ago was it he's in the hospital? Two years ago? Two years ago, this little guy got sick in a hurry. Family, y'all remember? I mean, Beverly and I were in San Antonio. It was about this time. Uh, and he got sick in a hurry. Took him to the doctor. Took him to the emergency. They took him to the hospital. And we came home quickly, and in 36 hours, my time kind of, he was getting worse and not better, under the care of doctors here in in um, in Beaumont. Uh, and and we began to see, he's not getting better, he's getting worse. I mean, we could see it hourly, correct? I mean, just hourly, right? Right. That's what I thought. And, uh, and, and I got a chance with, we called the doctor back in, because we didn't, you know, as parents and grandparents, we're going, we won't talk to the doctor. And here's what I heard him say. I'm befuddled about this. He didn't have the, he just was befuddled. And then he was smart enough to know when I'm befuddled, I send him to Houston. And so in the middle of the night, basically, we all packed up and uh, put him in the ambulance and went to Houston. And here's what we got in the middle of the night. An entire team of people who were waiting on Giddy. It wasn't a doctor or a nurse to take his temperature and see, you know, and his vital sign. They jumped upon the scene and began to diagnose, within a few hours, diagnosed him with empyema, which is an infection outside the lung, which was not, the antibiotics wasn't touching, and they had to go in and do a little surgery to clean him out on the inside, and within another 36 or 48 hours, he went from near death Two signs of life. Woo! And here's what I want you to see. I could, have you ever had a pastor who's sometimes a little befuddled? I'm befuddled. I, I, I shared in the letter. Uh, I don't. I don't. There's no magic bullet. I've, I've whipped out all the magic bullets I know. I'm, I'm beyond, you know, scheming and, and conniving, figuring out a way. And so uh, I'm a little befuddled. But here's what I do know. If we get in the atmosphere of a team, we can begin to find out what's going on. And if you can, and we want you to be on the team, right? We want you to be a part. 
And we believe that as a team, as a family, when we come together and begin to pray and catch the vision of God and extend our hands to hell. See, I did, that wasn't my microphone. That's weird. Uh, and elevate our commitment level. You know, I was so thrilled when we got to Houston and I saw a whole team of people who were absolutely, teetotally committed to His well-being. And that's what it's going to take here today. It's not going to take the, uh, a few of us uh, behind the scenes pulling the wagon. Uh, it's going to take people pulling the wagon, uh, pushing the wagon, praying over the wagon, uh, fixing the wagon, loading the wagon, uh, and and then, uh, you know, you get the picture. How many of you, you get the picture? And so... Uh, so today, as we close out, uh, we've got, it's 12 o'clock, and I, I gave you, we were going to have a service tonight, so I'll let you off the hook for that. So if you'll give us five more minutes, we'll be done. Uh, uh, and, and let's pray together. In fact, let's stand together. And I want you to just pray. And, and I know we have guests with us today, and we have friends, and so don't feel compelled to be are uncomfortable by this moment. This is a unique service. In fact, I would tell all our guests to come back next Sunday. Uh, I'm going to be preaching that series about finding biblical focus for your future. And also our children's ministry. We're going to highlight that in greater way and begin to uh, set the sails for those things. But today we want to pray before we go. And here's what, here, here are those five things. Engaged, become engaged at the place of prayer. Begin to pray over your church. Pray over the team. Pray over the future. And begin to speak words of faith. Okay? Amen. Could I get a better amen? And expand your vision. Begin to see God doing great things. Begin to, in reality, begin to see people coming from the north, south, and east, and west. Begin to see old knothead Uncle Ed coming to Christ. Begin to see your friends and neighbors responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Begin to catch a vision of people being born again. And even catch a vision of drilling water wells in Mexico and making a greater difference with not only, uh, you know, water out of the ground, but the living water which Jesus provides. Begin to catch a vision and extend your hands and say, what can I do to help? You know, most of you have never heard this quote, but years ago, John F. Kennedy said this. He said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Today, our culture is all just asking, what can my country do for me? What can God do for me? What can the church do for me? We've got to turn that around and say, what can I do for my church? What can I do for the family? What, what, where do I fit in this team of causing this little child to be healthy? You see, Little Gideon was fragile. Very fragile. And what I realized about him, without help, he will die. When I saw him right before they put him in the ambulance, I looked at him, I said, if he didn't get help, he's going to die. And let me just, I don't want to be a downer here today, but you know what, if we just do same old, same old, you know, ho-hum, the tune is dumb, the words don't mean a thing. This church has the potential of not thriving. There's a, there's a, there's a doctor term, a lack, a lack, lack of failure to thrive. We cannot allow our church to thrive. We've got to thrive. Not just survive, but thrive. Today, in fact, I was thrilled Gideon came up here. <laughs> he's a little moody sometimes. But he's thriving. He's happy. We call him Giddy Man. Giddy Man. And I just believe Gideon is a picture of our church. That, he, that we're going to begin to thrive. And if you want to really see something fun, when he starts playing soccer, you got to come to the soccer game. And I look at that and I go, who would have thunk it two years ago? Whew. Let's pray. In fact,
If you want to come to the altar, just find somebody's hand to hold. Whatever you want to do, let's just pray together. Father, Jim and Josh and I stand here today in this altar. And we pray over our church family. We pray, God, over our future. We rally together as the family of faith. Lord, as a team that is willing and ready to address the needs of our day, to address the challenges of our moment, Lord God, to believe you at the place of prayer, Lord, for a miracle from God. Lord God, to extend our hands to a whole new level of service and our hearts to another level of commitment, Lord God, to plug in, get involved, and Lord, uh, together, Lord, see the, 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 the miraculous turnaround and the, and the relaunching of a brand new dream and a brand new vision. Lord God, and a brand new momentum of the Spirit. Lord, may the Holy Ghost come upon us almightily. I want everyone just to say, Holy Ghost, come along upon us. Let the power of God be made manifest in our midst. And Lord God, we are not depressed. We will not be denied. We are not discouraged, Lord Jesus. Lord, in fact, we are encouraged. And even as, as David encouraged himself in the Lord his God, when everyone had left him, when he had was all by himself and his close friends spoke of stoning him, he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Today we put ourselves in courage. We put ourselves in faith. And Lord, as Jim said, and as he quoted John Maxwell, Lord, it's not a money problem, it's a people problem. And we're people, and we have some problems, God. But Lord, we know there are other people that you have planned to connect and link with us today. And so we call forth the harvest from the north, south, east, and west. People, Lord God, from all around us, Lord, who are searching for a church home, who are finding a place to connect and be a part of a vision that is bigger than them, that will benefit them, that will allow them to help not only themselves but others. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said a big amen. Let's give the Lord of glory some praise today.